Morning, Shadow Hills. Well, um, I have interviewed a lot of interesting people on this podcast, but none more interesting than the guest I'm going to bring in today. Uh, today is Landa Kohlmeyer, who is a pet research researcher. Uh, a pet rescuer, I guess, is a better way to put it. And she's got the bloodhounds to prove it. Landa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, frankly, I'd never heard of a pet rescuer until you were brought to my attention. And um, so tell, tell the audience, it, it, it turns out there's a great demand for your service. I had no idea. But tell the audience how you got involved and... Uh, what a typical search entails. Okay. So I'm a bloodhound handler, and I use my bloodhounds to find lost pets, anything from cats, dogs, ferrets, tortoises, parrots, um, horses, cows, goats, etc. And um, I got started about 18 years ago in California. My business is Lost Pet Detection. And in the beginning, I was on people search and rescue with my bloodhound, but the state does not pay the teams, unfortunately, and you are risking your life and your dog's life. And people kept asking me if I would find their pets, and I started doing research, come to find out that 10 million pets go missing each year in America. So that's basically one in three. And um, I tried my bloodhound and my Jack Russell Terrier at the time, to see if they could do it, and they were very successful at it, so I switched over to full-time finding lost pets in California, and I've been doing that ever since, for 18 years now. That's great. And I, I hadn't known much about bloodhounds, but I went to the dog show a couple of years ago, and I learned that, that their ears are, are go drag along the ground, and that actually helps them to smell. Yes, I, the bloodhounds are the oldest race of hounds that hunt by scent. They are actually a scent machine. So their long ears, when their um, nose is on the ground, act as pendulums, and they sweep up to bring the, the um, scent into the dog's, the bloodhound's nose, which actually has 220 million or more scent receptors. People say, uh, the scientists have said it is more than a wolf. And uh, their, their eyes, if you know, the eyes are always droopy, and a lot of them are very droopy. When their nose is on the ground, they're actually blind because um, the droopy skin hangs over their eyes, which makes them concentrate more on scent. So they're actually a scent machine. Interesting, interesting. So were you a bloodhound breeder before getting into this, or what? No, I do not breed dogs. I, I rescue rescued animals. Like you said, I was a pet rescuer. I rescued, rescued all kinds of dogs and cats. Um, but no, I really didn't even know much about dogs. I was a cat person. Uh -huh. And then I just started, I uh, saw an animal planted on the news that this woman was using her bloodhounds. And I'm like, well, wait, I should join the search and rescue team, which they happen to have one right near my home in um, Van Eyes and I joined that team for a couple of years of people search and rescue. I see. That, that, it's interesting. I looked at your website and it looks like an awful lot of your rescues involve searching for cats. Uh, about what percentage uh, is that? 
Um, it was in the beginning. It was half and half cats and dogs because I did have a um, business partner and we had a full search team. But she has recently moved to the Florida, so we do cats and dogs. But more as I'm getting a little bit older and my, I don't have my business partner or our full team of dogs, it's more cats and tortoises and ferrets and a couple parrots here and there. And how much do you charge for a typical rescue? Oh, it varies. I, it depends on if I have to travel and get a hotel room and pay pet sitters. It depends on how long they want to hire me. I usually get hired out for a couple hours, but I've been hired for several weeks. I've been hired for a month. I uh, got flown out to Chicago for a month to help find buried remains. So it, it just it varies. It just depends on how far I have to travel. Yeah, well, I, I know that that some, some dogs are very expensive. Uh, and probably cats, too. So um, your oh, yeah. service is in demand. So, yeah, well, sure. so anyway, what, what brought all this to my attention is you are going to be speaking here at the Montecito Clubhouse on uh, November 29th at 7 p.m., right? Um, how yeah, did that happen? No, how did we find you? Um, I believe, well, I do work in Palm Springs quite often in the um, winter months. I have had many cases in Palm Springs because a lot of pets will go missing out there. So I uh, searched for a friend of a friend who heard about me, and uh, the, well, someone called me, and we just got to talking from there, and she thought I would just be a good fit for the clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, everybody's looking forward to it. And um, I, I, we have a, a social network here next door. And I was looking at it and, and see that there are a lot of people on this network who do not live at Sun City Shadow Hills. And so without making you go through the whole uh, presentation, could you just do give them a couple of pointers as to how they can keep their pets safe? Absolutely. A lot of it is prevention. Um, believe it or not, most people that call me still to this day do not have ID on their dogs or cats. The ID is the um, number one way home. So ID caller, I like the callers with the embroidered phone numbers that you can get on Amazon. Uh, they're machine washable. They last a, mostly the pet's lifetime. Basically, a caller with, a, with a, some type of information on your pet because if no one has any way to contact you if they find your cat or your dog, then, you know, it's just going to go into the system or get, it's going to get transported out of the area. Nowadays, also, I highly recommend GPS locator on the caller. They have all types of GPSs. For cats and dogs, I could not live without mine. So if your pet goes missing, you just punch up the app and you can see exactly where the pet is. But bottom line is you, you know, you've got to have a collar and, and tags and your lawyer's phone number. And most yeah. people, they still just don't. They go, well, my, my dog never goes anywhere. It would never leave my side. My cat is indoor only. It would never go outside. So, I mean, you know, that is not true. Yeah, well, those are good suggestions. I, I didn't know those existed, so those, those are really good suggestions. Yeah, I've got a lot of them, and I am going to go over lost pet prevention, what you do if your pet goes missing. I'm going to talk about my search dogs and um, some of the clients I've worked for and some of my cases. 
It'll be about a 45-minute talk, very interesting. There'll be some audience participation. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I heard you're actually going to bring one of your bloodhounds. Is that true? I am going to bring all of them, but not inside of the clubhouse. I will have one with me as long as she behaves. They're not um, obedience dogs. You know, they're, they're <laughs> not, they're, you know, so if she'll sit still, I'll try it. Yeah, yeah. But because they're... <laughs> I am going to bring one. I'm going to bring Diana or Pepper Pot, one of my bloodhounds, and see if, if they'll behave during the talk. So we'll see. Okay, great. Well, um, I hope this uh, podcast stimulates your audience to come out. Um, and uh, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you for having me, Robert. Okay, and until for the audience, until next time, bye-bye.